So the other day I finished a novel, uh, which is actually uh, quite a bit of a feat for me these days. I used to love to read in high school, and then you get to college, and they make you read a bunch of other stuff, and you don't get to read what you actually want to read. So I finished a novel. That is a work of fiction. Never happens these days. It was called The Call of the Wild by Jack London, kind of an older classic. They made a movie about it last year. Did anyone see that movie? Some of you? Yeah. It's about a dog. So, I mean, if you like dog movies, do you like dog movies, Braden? You've seen it. <laughs> He's like, I wasn't happy about it, but I saw it. Well, I, I read the book. I, I'd seen the movie. I kind of enjoyed the movie. Wanted to wanted to read the book. The book is very different, it, as it usually is, right? Books are usually not the same as the movies. Hazel agrees with me. Uh, now, in this book, though, it was actually rather short. It was about 70-ish pages, and I, I, I read it uh, and, and finished it, and it was, it was pretty good. It was about this dog, right, this big dog named Buck. Now, now Buck lives in like a mansion, like so he's he's living with this high-end civilized family, really cushy life for a dog, right? I mean, dogs generally speaking, dogs that we have, right? Your pets, they live cushy lives, right? You feed them every day and then they lay down. They maybe fetch a ball or two, right? So cushy, cushy lives, right? And so this dog is living it up in a mansion. However, one day he is stolen and he's sold as a sled dog, right? And so this is during the gold rush era and they needed they needed sled dogs to carry these sleds over snow and ice uh, all over the country in order to do things like deliver mail and, and just get uh, these people who are looking for gold to various places in the wilderness. And so he gets sold into this and this is actually a, a really tough thing. So early on in the book, he talks about the, you're reading from the dog's perspective at almost all times, right? And so that the dog comes up with this law, the law of club and fang, but he learns it. He doesn't create it himself. He just learns what he calls the law of club and fang. Now, this is because he learned it from a guy with a club, right? And so he's a house dog and he doesn't want to get in this harness, right? And become a sled dog. And so this guy with a club starts beating this dog, right? Yeah, you can be upset about that, Emily. It was very sad, right? Peter would have thrown a fit if they read this book. So, so you have this, this, this dog, but he doesn't like it. So he's kind of fighting back. And that's where you get this, this phrase club and fang, right? And he, he quickly learns that, oh, okay, I've got to be tough out here, right? It, it, it's like saying it's a dog eat dog world, right? And in, in this case, in this book, that's quite literal, right? And so that's the kind of attitude he has to take with all the other dogs. That he has to be tough, right? And, and, and this vicious thing. And it's it's not like a, a legitimate law, right? He's just a dog. There is no legal code that he actually has to abide by, but it becomes this unspoken understanding, right? And, and and so this unspoken understanding that if you did not kill, you would be killed. And sometimes we see that in lots of stories, right? In many, many stories out there, you'll see this kind of unwritten code, right? We see that in society, this, these rules and norms, right? Like we all agree, although it's not a law, that it's probably not wise to walk around and pick your nose. That's gross, right? To pick your nose in front of people. We do that in secret when no one's watching, right? And, and so it's this unspoken law, right? And so tonight we're going to be kind of talking about that unspoken law because it relates to these parables, right? We've been reading these parables in Matthew, especially in this book of Matthew, we're learning about the kingdom of God. It's the big topic, right? If you had to say, what's the book of Matthew about? You say the kingdom of God, right? And so he's telling you these kind of like unwritten laws, right? These rules, like this is how the kingdom of God works as opposed to 
the, the real world that, that the Jews are kind of used to living, right? And that's, that's constantly what Jesus is trying to teach when he's talking about these parables. And so tonight we're going to learn about this new law that he kind of commands uh, for the people of the kingdom. And so tonight we're going to continue in this, in this series titled Storytime, and we're going to continue in uh, the book of Matthew, and this time we're going to jump over to chapter 18. So Jesus is teaching. Is anyone surprised by that? <laughs> Flip, flip the, any gospel open to just random page, and if Jesus is in it, he's probably teaching somebody, right? He's either teaching or being crucified. That's what Jesus does. There was this one time, though, he did take a nap. Um, and, and so after, after teaching, and specifically, he teaches for a moment on how to deal with a brother or sister in Christ, right? A fellow believer, he, he, he deals with how to deal with that person when they sin against you, Right? And it basically comes to this understanding of a process. You go to them, try to work it out. Bring a buddy, go to try to work it out. Bring a few buddies, try to work it out. But ultimately, he calls us to this forgiveness, right? Then Peter comes up, right? This is such a Peter move. He comes up and he says, you know, like, what are, what are the limits here, right? Like, like, surely if this guy just keeps sinning against me, there is a point, right, where I can stop forgiving him and I can just cut him out of my life and he's a, he's a jerk and we can forget about him, right? And so that, that's kind of what Peter's trying to, he, Peter's always trying to push the boundaries a little bit, right? Like he's trying to figure this out. And, and so this is what Peter does. I'm, I'm going to read this passage for you and, and starting with what, Start, starting with Peter coming to ask this question and then the parable that Jesus responds to, right? Because that's, that's what Jesus does. We ask him a question, he tells us a story. <laughs> and so, so here we go. So starting in verse 21, Matthew 18. Then Peter approached him and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. And since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. Well, at this, the servant fell face down before him and he said, Be patient with me and I will pay you everything. And then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and he said, pay what you owe. And at this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing, and instead he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. So Peter, like I said, comes to ask about the, the limits of forgiveness here. And that was his response, that, that story, that parable about, about this person who's in debt. Now, let me, let me walk you back through this passage and point out a few things. And first of all, I want to talk about the debt, right? Now, Hopefully most of you understand debt is something that you owe to somebody, right? So if I say, you know, I, I'm going to go to Chicken Express with Jonathan. Jonathan's like, I can't afford it. Uh, can you loan me five bucks? And I say, sure, you owe me five bucks. Later, Jonathan's going to have to pay me five bucks, right? Now, 
In the real world, there's probably interest involved. Every day he doesn't pay me, right? I get another dollar added onto that. So by day five, he owes me 10 bucks, right? It's a terrible interest rate. Don't ever take that, <laughs> right? And so, so that's, that's how debt works, right? And so as we look at this debt, first of all, this guy owed the king, right? So he doesn't just owe a person. He owes the king. <clears throat> the king. I mean, that, that's, that's the worst person to owe, guys. The guy with all the power, all the influence, and you're going to owe him. And he owes him 10,000 talents. Now, we don't use talents. We don't use denarii, right? We use dollars. And really, we don't use that. We use credit cards, right? And so, but, but I know that, that those amounts may mean nothing to you, but let me just tell you, it's an astronomical amount. It's a ridiculous amount, right? 10,000 talents, there's no paying that back. Just doesn't happen, right? It'd be the equivalent for us of, of saying you owe them millions of dollars. I mean, that's unpayable, right? You can work your heart out and you're never going to do that. Well, the king is going to because he wants his debt back, right? Like he, I, I loaned you 10,000 talents. Give it back now. You can't give it back? Fine. I'm going to sell everything you have until we find a way to pay for this debt. Now, this debt is so huge that he could sell this man, his wife, his children, everything he owns into slavery, right? And that's still not going to cover the cost. It's just kind of a punishment, right? Because he could sell everything and still not have enough money, right? But, but this was totally legal, right? He's the king. That's why you don't owe the king money because he can sell you, your wife, your kids, right? Ladies, don't be married to a guy who owes the king 10,000 talents. Terrible idea, right? Because he can sell you. So, so this guy does the most natural thing to do in this situation. He flat out falls on his face and begs for forgiveness, right? Begs for mercy. And really, he's just asking, give me more time. Be patient with me. Give me more time. And he has compassion on him. But instead of, instead of having compassion and like, okay, tell you what, I'll give you 10 more days, right? No. He, instead of that, instead of just saying, Nah, tell you what, <clears throat> I'll cut the debt in half, right? You only owe me 5,000 talents. No, he just completely forgives it. You know what? You don't owe me anything. Not, not even a single, you know, denarii. Like, nothing. You owe me nothing. That's incredible. That's an overwhelming amount of debt that's just gone, right? Gone. No one goes into slavery. You get to keep all you have, and now you're debt-free, right? Like, I know this is, again, potentially hard for you to grasp, but if someone came up to me, right, and said, hey, Nathan, all your student debt, gone. That's pretty great. I'm going to start like jumping up and dancing and singing. It's awesome. That's fantastic news, right? For debt to just be gone, right? So this is unthankful. And it's kind of an obvious analogy, right? That Jesus is trying to make to the debt that we owe God, right? And, and God offers that. He offers that forgiveness, right? And so when we accept Christ and we enter in that relationship with him, that's the forgiveness we get. All debt gone. It's beautiful, wonderful, right? Now, what is the appropriate reaction to this kind of thing? It's joy. Like I said, if someone came and told me, all my student debt's gone, I'm going to jump and dance and sing, and I'm going to be really, really happy about it, right? And, and that's just the way it is. Now, this reminds me of, of a movie. <laughs> Anyone surprised? It reminds me of a movie. There's, you know, in my house growing up, we watched tons of movies, and we especially watched Christmas movies, right? During Christmas season, there was like this long list of like 30 movies that we had to get through before the season was out, right? So we're talking you know, day after Thanksgiving, we're watching Christmas movies nonstop at the McKendree house all throughout my childhood, right? And one, and one of the ones that we watched every single year without fail was Scrooge, right? And does anyone, does anyone watch some variation of the Christmas Carol every Christmas, right? Yeah, Matthew's got two hands up, right? Yeah, right. There's some variation, right? 
Now, we watched the Albert Finney one constantly. Sometimes we'd watch multiple versions. Jonathan got so sick of this, he, he's just like, I'm done. If it's Christmas Carol, I'm out. Not watching, right? He just walked out of there. I ain't doing it. <laughs> but, but we, you know, we watched the Albert Finney one this one. We're going to watch the Kelsey Grammer one tonight, and then tomorrow we're going to watch the Muppets one. Jonathan's like, I don't want any of it, <laughs> right? Now, thing about the Christmas Carol is there's almost always a musical involved, right? And, and, and this one is, was no different, right? And so there's this musical involved. And, and at the end of the movie, right, you're talking about Scrooge, right? So he's, he's somebody that people owe money to, right? He loans money, and then he collects it back with interest. And he's so stinking rich, right? He lives in this big, filthy mansion because he's so cheap, he doesn't, like, really even keep it clean, right? And he doesn't really even use this mansion. But but he goes through these three ghosts, right? And so at the end of the movie, he kind of repents from his his bad attitude, right? And he, he starts giving generously to people. And so so we, we, we have this scene at the end of this movie where he starts forgiving debt, right? Now, and I'm going to show you just the 30-second clip of that so you can see their reaction to it. So let's, let's take a look at that, that old clip. See what they did? Singing and dancing? Totally accurate. That would happen. That would totally happen, guys. If somebody just came in and released you from all of their debt, they're going to be really happy with you. They're just, that's the only reasonable reaction, right, is, is, is joy. And that's our big point that I want to, I want to play. The first big point is the only correct response to forgiveness is total joy. That's just what it is, right? When we understand that debt, the only response is total joy. So when you accept that relationship with Christ, it's why we have joy, right? long time ago, we talked about undeniable joy, right? Because it's just there. It's a part of that deal, right? A part of that relationship. It's just an instinctual reaction, or at least it should be. Now, as I sit there and preach on joy to you, right, and how it's supposed to come after forgiveness, this guy was just forgiven a ton of joy. Does he exhibit joy? He's forgiven all this debt. There is no joy, right? This is weird, right? But instead, what he does is he goes out and finds another guy who owes him 100 denarii, and he, like, strangles him, right? Like, just straight to the throat. The king didn't even do that. He was just going to sell him and everything he had, right? Which is bad. But, I mean, at least he doesn't have, like, kingly arms around his throat. Like, he's going to choke this guy to death, and then he throws him in jail. You're going to pay me every last penny. And he says almost the same words. Is that not, like, creepy to anyone? He says the same stuff. Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. It's exactly what he said to the king. Exactly what he said to the king, right? And he says, nah, man, you're going to jail. You're going to go, which, again, totally legal, right? It owes him a lot of money. He can throw him in jail. That's just the way it is, right? So, so understand this, that, that joy should be what comes out of that, right? When you understand that there's a forgiveness there, there's a joy, right? Of course, only if you, in our case, with the analogy of Christ, or only if we accept that. Now, if you don't, the other part is it's so, so offensive, right? If you just walk up to somebody and tell them that you, like, they owe you this massive amount of debt, that's incredibly offensive to most people, right? They're like, no, I don't, right? And, and that's kind of the, the, the reaction that, that we see. You know, there's almost this, this, this hatred, this anger that he develops. He leaves and he's ready to strangle somebody. He's so mad, but he was just forgiven so much debt for free, right? And 
And so that's kind of what happened when we compare our debts to others, right? Like you're forgiven as like a huge amount of sin and you're going to turn around and hold your friend to like some little thing, like anything that they've got against you is nothing in comparison to what God's got against you here, right? But this is what we see. He strangles them. Now, I want to talk about the money again, right? Because this is just, this is fascinating to me. 10,000 talents, right? I said that earlier. It's like millions of dollars. Now, this guy owes him 100 denarii. So let's, let's put that in perspective for you so you understand how much money that this guy owes him, right? So a year's wage is about 300 denarii, right? So 100 denarii, that, that is like four months. You work from January to April, boom, 100 denarii, right? So, you know, again, four months, and he can pay this guy off, provided he's not, he's not spending any of that money on things like, you know, food, right? So probably a few more months, like maybe even a year you give this guy, and he's probably going to be able to give you this money, a year or two, right? And he's going to be able to give you this money. But, but he, he wouldn't give him that time, right? He wouldn't, he wouldn't even just say time. He didn't even do what the king did, right, which is forgive it, but he, he didn't even just give him time. But 10,000 talents versus denarii. So how many denarii makes a talent? One talent is 6,000 denarii, okay? Like I said, year's wage was 300 denarii. So if you worked for 20 years, boom, you have 6,000 denarii. That is one talent. 9,999 to go, right? Like... <laughs> You know what the math adds up there, right? 200,000 years, and you finally have made enough money to pay this guy off, right? That is what he owed the king. You see what I mean by astronomical? Like, you're never going to pay for that. Like, it's never going to happen, right? If he started back then when Jesus was telling this story, and, and we go 2,000 years later, he's not even close, right? He's like one-tenth of the way there, maybe one-hundredth of the way there, right? Like, he's still working off this debt, but he was forgiven the debt, and yet what he owed, this guy could have paid him back in just a few months, right? And he threw him in jail over it, right? But that's what it's like. When we start comparing our sin to others, right? We start, well, he wronged me, so I don't have to, you know, I don't have to forgive him. He wronged me multiple times, right? Which is Peter's concern, right? Peter's probably down there doing the math, 70 times seven. What is that? Because I'm going to count, and when we get there, cutting him off, right? Like, how silly is that, right, to compare our debts to each other? Because we owe so much to the king. The king. There's no worse person to owe money to. Again, the king here, right? In our case, God. And so, so now that you have an understanding there, understand this. The king could have sold everything he had. And this man put him in jail. And again, that was allowed, right? The jailers didn't go, no, 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 that's not fair. That's not okay. They were like, oh, yeah, no, he owes you. All right, cool, jail, right? Like, Straight up, that's okay, right? Because here's the next important point I want to make. The world will always justify this hatred, this, this vengeance, but, but God commands a law of forgiveness, right? The world will justify that, right? The world will justify you hating someone else, but that's not what God commands. God commands a law of forgiveness, and this is one of the things we're starting to see throughout the, the last few sermons. We look at the parables of Jesus in the book of Matthew. We're seeing two different kind of laws at work, right? There's like a worldly law, like what's actually legal, right? And then what God commands you to do, right? I mean, it's early on in Matthew, that's the very way Jesus talks, right? The law of Moses would say, you know, do not commit adultery. But I'm going to say to you further, you shouldn't even look at a woman lustfully, right? So he's creating this different law, right? He's working on this different kind of way of thinking, these different rules at play. So he's talking about the, the way of the kingdom, the way of the Christian, right? If you're going to follow Christ, there's a different different way to behave here. Does anyone here have a Disney Plus account? 
most of you. Yeah, when when Disney Plus came out uh, last year or the year before, my my wife, who wasn't my wife yet, she was like, I'm getting it, right? When we were getting married, we were working on a budget. She's like, Disney Plus is in the budget. Like, like there's no removing it. If I even talk about the idea, hey, we could save money if we cut Disney Plus. We could what? Like, I don't bring that up, right? We don't cut Disney Plus because... My wife likes Disney Plus. So, what are some of the shows you guys like to watch on there? They moved a lot of shows off of things to put it on Disney Plus. Any any shows? Newsies, okay. Mandalorian, okay. Clone Wars, that a boy. WandaVision, right? Some Marvel movies. Phineas and Ferb. My wife adores that show. That's what she watches. Yeah, Matthew. Hamilton. Oh my goodness. There it is. Right. So so all these things come out on Disney Plus, and and my wife and I we. As good Star Wars fans, we watched Mandalorian, right? We love Mandalorian, right? And so it's a fun show, and it follows this man who's dressed in this Mandalorian armor, right? But, but one of the quotes in the show, right, he, he talks about this. He says, Mandalorian is not a race. It's a creed, right? So it's not like his species, if you will, right, or, or even his race within a species. No, it's, it's he's chosen this, right? It's, it's a particular lifestyle, and they have these rules, right? Like he can't take the helmet off. He takes the helmet off. He's, he can't put it back on. They say that in the show, right? That's part of the Mandalorian Creed. Don't take the helmet off, right? Big thing about the helmet. They like their helmets, right? Keep the helmet on, right? In fact, if you see a Mandalorian who's like wearing the armor, but his helmet's off, you're like, that guy's not Mandalorian. He's broken the creed, right? And so you, you go get him. He finds that guy, right? And he gets mad at him real quickly because he's wearing this armor. I'm glad you I'm glad you're following me, Brain. He's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. So so that's that's what we see, right? And so he's got these different rules. In fact, they even that they'll talk about decisions that they need to make, right? And they end it with, this is the way, right? <laughs> of course, it's a very Star Wars thing, right? We saw that earlier in the movies when they talk about that's not the Jedi way, right? Like we don't do that. It may be allowed, but we don't do that, right? It's allowed, but it's not allowed, you know? And that's the kind of thing we see. We're seeing these different kinds of codes, right? Likewise, just, just, just like that, we're looking here in Matthew, and Jesus is trying to explain this kingdom of God, right? He's trying to explain kind of these early foundations of the Christian creed. These are the things that we do, right? This is the way a Christian should act. This, this is the Christian way, right? And, and so, really, Mandalorian borrowed that from us. So, kudos, kudos to us, right? Like, like, fun fact, Christians were called followers of the way, right? Like, ours. <laughs> Sorry, Mandalorian, that's ours, right? This is the way. And so, so that's the, one of the next things I want to tell you. If you take nothing else away, understand this from the, from the book of Matthew. We must live in the way of Christ, not of the world. We're seeing two codes, two laws, two worlds, and we have to live like Christ, right? If we've accepted that relationship, if we, if we accept that forgiveness of debt, that is the law that we accept. That's the way that we're choosing to follow, the way of Christ, the way of the kingdom. And, and look back at the story. When held to their debts, both men ended up in prison, right? Because his, his forgiveness, right? He didn't forgive this guy, so he threw him in jail. Well, likewise, the king got mad, right? Because that's not that's not justice. That's not, I had mercy on you. You have to have mercy on others. That's, that's the key there. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us, right? If I have forgiveness on you, you have to live like that too. You have to forgive people. You have to have mercy. Otherwise, he ends up in jail too, right? He ends up tortured is what, is what that's. The other guy didn't say tortured. Of course, he was strangled, but they both end up here in jail, right? They both end up imprisoned, right? And so what Jesus is really trying to get across here is that for the Christian, right, forgiveness isn't optional, it's necessary, right? 
And that's the last point I need you to understand is that forgiveness is not optional. It is necessary. For the Christian, it is absolutely necessary. If we don't forgive each other, we're just mocking God for his forgiveness, right? Oh, you forgave me. Thank you so much. What a dummy, right? <laughs> I'm not going to forgive this guy of his. No, I'm going to go get my, my money back, right? That guy's just an idiot for giving me that much debt. He should have just thrown me in jail. Like we mock God, right? And that's what we do when we, we accept God's forgiveness as a Christian. And then we like don't forgive our brother and sister for what petty grievance they have against us. And you may think, right? Don't, don't sit here and think this. You may think that, well, no, no, they did this. You don't understand. That, that's, a, that's a good enough grievance, right? It's not what Jesus says here, right? He says if they sin against you 70 times, seven times, you still have to forgive them, right? That's a lot of times, right? That's a lot. Like, by the last time there, I'm like, okay, you have wronged me beyond repair because you just are not trustworthy. You're this horrible person who's doing all kinds of mean things to me, and yet, called to forgive, right? In the kingdom, we forgive each other. That, that's the law, right? That's necessary. And so the way of the Christian is never the same as the way of the world, and we have to remember that, right? So, so you look at all these stories we've gone through just so far. We're not even, like, halfway through the series yet, guys, for, for story time. And we're learning this is what it means to be in the way of Christ, the way of the kingdom, right? The way of the Christian is not the same, and, and the kingdom of God has different rules than the kingdom of earth, right? Now, as we, as we begin to wrap up, I'm going to give you another opportunity to respond like always, right? And if you're a Christian, here's I want you to understand this message. As, as Matthew or, or whoever comes up here, you, you need to be encouraged by this, right? Understand that, like, forgiveness was given to you, right? If you're a Christian, you accepted that forgiveness is yours, right? So don't, don't mock God and not forgive your, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, you have to be willing and ready to forgive them. So I encourage you, if you've got a, a, a beef with somebody, it's time to make it right, okay? Because that's the way of Christ. That's what we're commanded to do, right? It's just necessary. It, 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 we have to. So, so let go of the way of the world because in that world, right, we enslave each other. We just both end up in, in this prison. We imprison ourselves because we're not willing to forgive. And really, it's, that's what you do when you hold somebody against somebody. You've got this bitterness, this anger, this enmity towards somebody, and you can't forgive them. Well, you've just imprisoned yourself, right? And them, right? So don't do that because that's not the way of Christ. I encourage you, students, if you need to repent of that, then you need to repent of that tonight. Now, if you're not a Christian, right, you, you haven't even accepted this, this debt, all right? This, accept this forgiveness of this debt because it's, it's, it's too big for you not to accept that, right? And the way of Christ and the way of the kingdom of God is so, so much better than trying to live in a world where we imprison each other and pay each other back and live by vengeance and hatred, right? You may be watching this, right, later. I encourage you to to stop what you're doing. And, and if you're a Christian, to go and forgive your brother or sister, or if you haven't accepted Christ, reach out to us, right? We want to tell you about that. So tonight, you students, you can come back and talk to us. Come back and pray with us. Come tell us what you're struggling with, what grievances you have against somebody. If you're struggling to forgive somebody, come talk to us. If you need to talk more about who Christ is, come talk to us, right? If you think because everyone thinks I'm a Christian, you can't walk back, that's not a good enough reason not to walk back.